I'm Jim Nichols, and this is the Life with Grace and Peace podcast. Thanks for choosing to spend just a little bit of your time with me. This is a podcast where I share thoughts on life. Really, it's about life abundant, this gift that Jesus offers his followers in John 10.10. Those followers would take the Jesus kingdom message, life abundant, wherever they went. Many of the letters we have in the New Testament include the phrase grace and peace. This is a greeting, certainly, but it's also much more than that. It's a way of living abundant. And so I'm looking for ways to share how I'm growing in a life with grace and peace. And this podcast is a place to share some of those those stories, those moments. So again, thanks for joining me. And I'm so honored that you've chosen to share these moments with me. My prayer is that as we spend this time together, we will sense the guiding presence of Holy Spirit as we walk deeper into the life of grace and peace. I'm not afraid that the people called Methodist should ever cease to exist either in Europe or America, but I am afraid lest they should only exist as a dead sect having the form of religion without the power. And this undoubtedly will be the case unless they hold fast both the doctrine, spirit, and discipline which with which they first set out. John Wesley It seems we've lost our way. As I sit to write this morning, I'm overwhelmed by emotions and thoughts. My mind races and my, my heart hurts. This year has been one of the wildest years in a long time, maybe ever. A global pandemic, it's captured the attention of the entire world, and hundreds of thousands have died. For the most part, the world has cooperated in ending or doing our best to end this unexpected virus, while a few have turned it into a political game. Arguments abound about how to handle such a crisis. Opinions, which are never in short supply, are as diverse as possible. Shutting down returning, personal protection equipment, or PPEs, social distancing, and hand sanitizers continue to be on the top of everyone's mind. We disagree as to the extent of the disease and how it is to be treated, and both sides claim that science supports their findings over any others. Conspiracy theories are plentiful, and we smirk and dismiss anyone who thinks differently than we. Add to this historic crisis a new wrinkle. Well, I say new, but it really is far from new. It is old, very old. Since the unjust and criminal death of George Floyd, a rage has spread and burst into our cities across this nation. Systemic injustice deserves rage. Racism is a blight on our country and a curse upon humanity. But so too is the rage that swelters under the surface and volcanically erupts, wounding and hurting even more. As I read the news and see the pictures from across our nation, I find myself so very saddened by it all. I want to do something. I want cruelty and suspicion to be just a bad nightmare that we can all wake up from and choose to move past. I want those who have felt targeted to feel as safe as I do walking my streets. But I want all these things to happen in a way that is more than just a short burst of anger. Again, I understand the rage. But the actions of that rage, well, they're also deeply troubling. I realize that this is dangerous territory to step into. I know I'm tiptoeing on thin ice for a lot of people. 
I also know that my voice may just be, well, another in a long line of loud voices, which is why I hesitate. I don't want to say the same things. I don't want the same sound bites. I want something more. I want something different. I want something that might actually help us change. What I want is what is often called for or or cried out for in the church's story. I want what we saw in previous generations, outpourings of God's Spirit and healing and wholeness and reconciliation being offered. I want that old world, that old word revival to have a new expression. I want a renewal to occur and hearts to be healed of this undertow of rage that bubbles. Then I want a new dawn of justice to rise and and hope to consume God's people again. I want these things, but if I'm honest, I don't know if we will see it right now. And that's not just me being cynical. It's me trying to understand what it takes for those things to happen. It's me realizing that every time God overflows into God's people, it started with humble and repentant hearts. And I'm not sure the church is currently capable of that right now. Well, now that I've stepped from thin ice to deep waters, I might as well explain. See, I think we have a real problem in our church a being right problem. It keeps us from repentance. It keeps us from seeing that our hands have led to the sickness. It keeps us from listening and instead invites nonstop talking. Conservatives and progressives alike have this issue. We lock in and we cannot see beyond our own religiosity. And in doing so, we do something, we do some things that just must break the heart of God. We are When we are more right than righteous, the easy thing for us to do is to demonize those who disagree with our way. It's an old trick that even the Pharisees used against Jesus. Remember, they said he was in league with Beelzebub. Jesus invited those who disagreed with him to the table. He asked questions. He invited transformation. He certainly challenged. But you know, the Son of God probably has that prerogative. I am not the sinless Messiah. So my challenge had better be tempered by a deep humility. My disagreements had better come from a place of learning rather than telling. And yes, I know Jesus turned over the tables, but is that really the same thing as a protest? His righteous anger can't be whitewashed, but it can't be conscripted to condone our unrighteous rage either. Defining this challenge is very important. It's not their problem. It's not a them issue. This is an our problem. This is something that all colors need to see as a unique challenge that can be and needs to be dealt with. But in order to do this work, it will require more than speaking and shouting. It will require listening and learning. It will require the hard work of repentance and reconciliation. It will require being humble, and it will require everyone willing to be wrong on some points. That will require a break in our pride and our monstrous appetite for winning. The author of Chronicles shows us God's way of walking through pandemic and systemic challenges. God says to God's stubborn and wayward children, If my people, who are called by my name, will humble themselves and pray and seek my face 
and turn from their wicked ways. Then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sin and will heal their land. The time for seeking God's outpouring and revival begins with our choosing to stop being right and to start being righteous, being holy as our heavenly Father is holy, as 1 Peter tells us. It's a pretty simple movement when you think about it. Humble, pray, seek, turn. And yet as simple as it is, we're still so very far from it. The quote I opened with is from an article written by the founder of the Methodist movement, My Tribe, by John Wesley. See, it was Wesley's Methodist that sparked revivals in Europe and America. It quelled the deadly revolutions for the sake of peaceful conversations. It invited the weary and the world-worn to a new way of life. It created a middle class. But Wesley's concern wasn't that the movement would die out, but that it would become a powerless shell of a movement. His concern was that we would become captivated by our dogma and discipline over the presence of the Holy One in our midst. His concern was self-rightness over a holy righteousness governed by the Spirit. I don't like being wrong. Anybody who knows me knows that's to be true. I was raised with an understanding that, that I was to research and to have my point and then hold it until I'm proven wrong. But you know what? I also don't want God's world to continue to bubble over and rage all over itself. I want more. And I'm willing to be wrong for the sake of this something more. I wonder who else, who else would join me? God, help us see that even in this pain, we might find some hope for tomorrow. I thank you for joining me on this uh, Life with Grace and Peace podcast. I hope you've enjoyed this time together. And if you did, that you would consider sharing it with a friend. Let somebody else know that uh, this is here. I really don't know where we're going to go next week. I keep saying that we're going to be spending more time with Henry Nouwen's book, Following Jesus. But in a world like ours right now that's so in so much upheaval, we might just take more time to, con- to consider and, and think through what's going on in the world. So I, I hope you'll continue to join me on this journey. And I hope that as you do, um, that we will sense God's, um, the God the Father's presence with us, that we'll know the very grace of Jesus, that we'll sense the power of, of Holy Spirit in us, with us, and through us. And that as we do all of this, we will find ourselves walking this life with grace and peace together. Until next time.